Please stand for the gospel. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord. Peter began to say to Jesus, We have given up everything and followed you. Jesus said, Amen, I say to you, there is no one who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for the sake, for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, who will not receive a hundred times more now in this present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and eternal life in the age to come. But many that are first will be last, and the last will be first. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you were excited when Jesus gave that list of all the things you'll get to receive? Houses and lands and families and persecutions. It's amazing how he sneaks that in there as an added bonus. Um, and it kind of underscores very, very beautifully that when Scripture speaks of abundance, when the Lord speaks of abundance, we have to be very careful never to reduce it to merely earthly abundance. You know, one of the most dangerous ideas that floats around in modern Christianity is the idea of the gospel of prosperity which all too easily reduces the idea of blessing to mere materialism, to mere earthly success. And this is not to say that the Lord does not want us to be happy, does not want us to know the good material goodness of the world that he has made. It is rather to say that the trap that the human heart falls into ever since Adam and Eve fell in the garden is that we tend to stop at those things. And good as they are, they prevent us from moving forward spiritually to the greatest of things, the best of all things. In fact, one can speak of the very essence of sin, not so much as choosing something that is bad. Because let's be honest, when we sin, we rarely are thinking, this is really bad for me, let me do it. What we think is that this will make me happy. This will please me. This will satisfy me. This will advance me in some way. Therefore, let me do it. And we often sin not with bad things, but with good things. What happens is we take a lesser good, for example, the good things of the earth, and we place them above the better things the things of heaven, the realm of grace. And what happens is by allowing ourselves to become disordered, we, become, we begin to act in these disordered ways. Next to no one reaches out for something thinking it will harm him or her. We think it will console us, give us peace, advance us in some way, and so we extend our hands to it. And this lies then at the idea of the Lord in this 
conversation with St. Peter, where the Lord had been speaking about the need to deny other things, to lay things aside for the sake of the gospel. And Peter comes and says, and we've done that for you, Lord. And notice that Jesus doesn't correct Peter and say, but you did it wrong. He starts right there. You have laid things aside to follow me. You have made a sacrifice to be with me. Your faith has, in fact, cost you something. And so note that this is a conversation now between, not between Jesus and the one who's not invested in him. This particular gospel reading is for people like us, imperfect as we may be, who have made an investment in following Jesus. That's the center of this conversation. Peter comes to the Lord and says, and we've, we've done that, Lord. We've turned away from so much. We've turned down other opportunities for the sake of the better opportunity to be with you. We've done that. And Jesus then takes that as his starting point. Now let me tell you what that means. Because the other temptation then is to look at the commands of the gospel in terms merely of what we give up, of loss. It was a funny thing, you know, when I was younger and we would have priests or religious come to my high school to talk about vocations. And the objection was always, man, I'm not so sure about what I've got to give up. And while that's real, Following Christ, committing to Christ, requires laying certain things aside. It's never about what we give up. It is about what we gain. And now here, this is where the Lord turns the idea of a gospel of prosperity on its head. It is in giving, it is in surrendering, it is in laying aside that one becomes capable of receiving. It is in detaching that one becomes capable of belonging. After the detachment has been made, after the laying aside has been done, there is now the task of allowing the Lord to place in our hands those real blessings that he desires to give us. And so note what the Lord says. There is no one who has given up to follow me who shall not receive. But note how the receiving is connected to the giving. The entering is connected to the leaving. The belonging is connected to the separating. Because to belong to me, the Lord says, it requires separating yourself from certain realities. To receive the grace I have for you requires you laying aside what is filling your hands and your hearts. And why do you do this? To be with me. But it's that for me which underlines everything. There is no one who has given up for me and for the gospel. No one who has set aside for me and for the gospel. 
And now the Lord is speaking about the fact that there is an economic character to the life of faith. Not in terms of worldly commerce, but in the terms of the commerce of our persons, of ourselves. You do have to invest in me. Which means that there are resources you can't place someplace else. Because you've got to put them in me. You have to invest your time in me. You have to invest energy in being with me. And that means that that's energy that can't be spent someplace else. That is the truth. Being with me requires us not being someplace else. And that investment, that investment of myself in him, is not simply an emptying and emptying and emptying of myself for the sake of being nothing. It is for the sake then of being filled with what he would fill me with, with what he would gift me with. And as much as you think you are laying aside these lesser earthly realities and you will be empty without them, there is no one who does that who will not receive many of these things in a new way, a better way, a deeper way, by being with me. So know what the Lord is saying. You don't become disconnected from the world, detached from the world, so that you are unmoored and homeless. The Lord is saying, in a sense, you will become more fully connected, but more rightly connected to the world than you ever could be on your own by clinging to those things. This is why spiritual writers across the centuries have spoken of a curious paradox of Christian life that rests on this idea of blessing and blessedness and receiving as having all things, but possessing none of them. All things are mine because I am his. But because they're his, I don't own them. But they are there for me, and I have them. Because the reality is possessions in the end are not things that we own. They become things that own us. Those things that we say we possess in the end possess us. We become preoccupied with them. We worry about maintaining them. We set ourselves to acquire more of them. We become fixed on them and we invest ourselves in them. And the Lord says, invest yourself in me. St. Peter, to whom the Lord is speaking in this gospel then, is making that very same point in the first reading with his insistence. Be holy as the Lord is holy. And that you can do that if you belong to him. If you invest in him. What a marvelous and wonderful idea that really is. And it's a good message to hear today because tomorrow begins Lent. And we begin Lent with the recognition 
that all too often we have surrendered ourselves, invested ourselves, become mastered and possessed by lesser things than the goodness of the Lord. And we have this marvelous time that we set aside for fasting, which is an act of self-denial, an act of detachment, an act of saying, I no longer want to be mastered by the things of this world. By prayer, which says, Lord, I will invest time and the energy of my person in you. I long to be with you. And almsgiving, the third great work of Lent, which says, I will from what I have, however much or little it may be, I will from this attend to the need of another. And almsgiving is a marvelous form, in a sense, of detachment. For the sake of the Lord, for the sake of the gospel, what is mine does not possess me. What is mine is placed in service. Note how beautiful that is that the willingness to let go is precisely the willingness to truly live. The willingness to give up is precisely the willingness to receive the goodness that comes as the fruit of generosity. The willingness to give time to the Lord is precisely then the willingness to learn how to rest in his presence and be restored in his grace. The willingness not to be mastered by lesser things is precisely the willingness to belong to better things. What a beautiful mystery that is. And it expresses itself in the liturgy every time we gather for Mass. Because again, we see the Lord does not ask anything of his disciple that he does not do first himself. Remember what St. Peter said, be holy as the Lord is holy? And what happens here? He steps out of the glory of heaven. He disguises his might and his goodness and his splendor beneath the humble, poor aspect of a small piece of bread. He does that. He lays aside his obvious glory and is pleased to clothe himself in that way. But that's not enough for the Lord because he who gave his life for us on the cross will come down off of that altar to you. And you will come forward and what will he do? He will give himself away to you in this great sacrament. There is no one who has given up for me who will not receive. And note how marvelous that is. But we also see then that this giving up, this handing over of oneself is a fundamental movement of who Jesus is in the first place. And we stretch out our hands and when we come forward to receive, the hand is supposed to be empty. 
we don't stretch out hands that are holding a dozen other things and expect that the priest is going to drop the sacred host there in the clutter. Note that just the simple symbolism, the empty hand that is ready to be filled, the hand that has laid aside at least for a moment whatever it carried into the church so that it can extend itself to him. And on the one hand, what do we do? We leave our bags, we leave our coats, we leave what we carried in here back in the chair. It'll be there when we get back. But we leave it there. We leave it behind. And we come forward having left behind so that we can extend our hands and receive. And we receive a greater blessing than any object that we left behind in the chair. Note how wonderful that is. And we who've made a little space in our lives for him are now filled with him, the one whom the universe itself cannot contain. There's no one who has given up for me that will not receive in this world and in the next. We don't preach an empty gospel of prosperity which stresses what we receive merely in this world. But we recognize that in this world we do receive. We receive from him. And what we receive is at the service of bringing us into that everlasting joyfulness and peacefulness of the next. And that is definitely something worth stretching one's hand out to. Invest in me, the Lord says. Invest in me. Oh, and you will be rewarded. Lay aside that you may receive. Amen.